0: The title of our sermon this morning is called, Can God Direct Your Path? Can God Direct Your Path? You know what I've noticed over the course of months? Uh, we, uh, it's like a roller coaster ride with a pandemic. With the pandemic, um, uh, uh, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And one thing that I've noticed of what this pandemic has done is really shifted the emotions and the mindset of people. And it's really, really destroyed a lot of people in their lives. And um, my, my wife, uh, she told me something, her doctor told her the other day. She said, uh, 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 this was a pandemic. And uh, that coming from a doctor was very, very sobering. Because what's happening is that there's truth. Truth is always going to be revealed, no matter how much people try to lie. Amen. Can God direct your path for those who have lived through this 2020 pandemic uh, and for those who have lived through a very challenging life and for those who are are fighting through the upsets of life i mean we are fighting through the upsets of life when plans change and direction seem to go in a way you never thought possible you have to move on fight forward and trust god see our human um, hearts love to have it all worked out don't we I want everything worked out. Uh, I have this plan. I know what we need to doing. We need to be doing. Um, but God, in his tremendous mercy, uh, sees to it that we place our man-made plans at his feet, uh, come to the understanding, and admit that we really don't have it all worked out. Because we don't. We don't know what our future has in store for us. But we do know that if it's in the hands of God, it is safe. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, uh, God has better plans than we do for ourselves. <laughs> can you allow God to direct your path Proverbs chapter 16 uh, verse 9 if you have your Bibles please turn me there this morning Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 amen and the Bible says this a very, very a short scripture amen uh, but it has a lot of uh, a meat in it a man's heart uh, plans his way but the Lord uh, directs his steps amen you know, sudden changes, uh, amen, in our plans may be hard to accept. How many know we don't like change sometimes? But they may be forced be, uh, upon us because of some circumstance, uh, amen, and we know that God has it all worked out, over which we may have no control. God has control. And God may be behind these circumstances, even though the plans were very dear to us, and and we, and we had set our hearts upon carrying them through, Why should God have permitted them to be changed? We ask the question, God, how come this is not working out the way I thought it would be? Well, the reality is, beloved, is that sometimes God allows things like that to happen to save you from destruction. Someone has written, even though God sees me, we know that God looking at us is a precious thought. He sees us and our path before us, but sometimes the paths that we go are going to lead us to danger. And we don't see all the the details just yet, and we you know if we're honest with this, amen, sometimes we can get mad at God when plans don't work out the way we thought they would, and He plans our ways, He guides us accordingly, and that is why He often permits reverses and failures to come our way. He changes our plans because He sees the danger in them. What a blessing that God does not always allow us to carry out our plans. Where will we be if we really carried out all of our plans. See, when a baby, I thought about this, you know, as, you know, we, as parents, right, you know, uh, uh, when, when kids see fire for the first time, it's very fascinating, isn't it? You put the stove on, they see that wonderful orange and blue lights, they're like, wow, firecrackers. And they think, and they go to touch it. What do we do as parents? We save them, even though they think it's a wonderful and grand thing, it is something that will burn up and hurts amen and I want to make a disclaimer and I pray you never forget what I'm going to say to this morning if your plans as a child of God do not align with what God has for your life there are going to be interruptions and setbacks in your life if they do not align with what God has for your life you will have setbacks and God will interrupt your life because the reality stands true there are times that we plan many things in life, right, we plan for our marriages. We plan for our children. Parents, we know we have better plans for our children than they do. Amen. We, we, we know their capability. Of course, we know we have to let them grow and let them go out. Uh, but when we see danger, we got to say something. When we see, we have to say something. Amen. And this is what God does. He interrupts. He brings setbacks because he's trying to get our attention. We have plans for our homes. We have plans for our careers, our lives. So many things that we envision for our lives that are going to take place. And then in one event, our plans are redirected. The finish line. We thought we were going to finish this. We thought we were going to complete this. We thought it was all good and right. And out of nowhere, it's gone. And I'm a firm believer, beloved, that God loves us so much that when he sees a disturbance in your relationship with him, he will go the extra mile to interrupt your plans to get you back on track. The moment, amen, that God sees that that event is going to interrupt your relationship with him, you know, we serve a jealous God. He is jealous for you. He is uh, so jealous for you, he wants nothing or no one to interrupt your relationship with him, amen. Isn't that wonderful that someone's jealous for a righteous jealousy? Amen. I want to first speak about planning your way without God. Planning your way without God. You know, planning is not a bad thing. When we know that we have planned in the will of God and not our own we, as the, uh, as the God in whose image we are made, think about the plan, uh, think about and plan our way. And many people would do well to more carefully plan their way. Carefully means that with thoughts uh, and for a Christian with prayer. Because, beloved, we know that many times uh, when we plan to do something or execute a task uh, that is on our hearts, when we think it is from God, amen, and we already know that it's from God, we don't take it to prayer. This has to be God. Everything's falling in line. There has to be God. You know, the enemy can counterfeit blessing. Amen. The enemy can also make you believe and he can also deceive you. How he does it? He does it through your heart. Amen. And we think that our way is right and never wrong. But even though we might have good intentions, if it takes you away from the things of God, from his house, how many know it's wrong? Amen. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 12. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Every way of a man is right. Think about this. By nature, we justify ourselves. Sometimes we do this by insincerity. Right. Pastor, I was doing and and we understand that. But sometimes um, people do it with deception. But stubborn pride makes us generally think every way of a man is right in his own eyes. We plan to do things our way, never getting counsel, never getting guidance, never praying about it. And because it seems right, people never ask themselves, is this right before the eyes of God? Is this decision going to bring me closer into more depth with God? Or is this going to take me away from the plans of God in my life? Amen. And they go on and they do things their way. The Bible says, but the Lord weighs the heart. Men and women are confident in their own way, but God knows. We justify things according to our hearts, right? We say things like it was in my heart. How many of you use that phrase? I know I have. We hear the the, the deceptive uh, phrase, I must follow my heart. Or in my heart, I know. But God weighs the hearts of men and women, uh, knowing that the heart itself doesn't justify anything. Uh, As a matter of fact, it is deceitful and wicked. Uh, See, beloved, God's power of discernment goes beyond unmasking those who fool others, uh, and even goes as far of unmasking those that fool themselves. You ever heard people that they believe their own lies? Like, like we know, amen, that they're lying. We can see it. It's all on the, all on the table, and they still believe their lies. It is insanity. But you know, people, if they lie enough to themselves, they believe their own lies. And people can often deceive themselves and make themselves believe that what they're doing is God and lead themselves into a life of pain, regret, sorrow, and hurt. We were outreaching yesterday. And one of the sisters uh, uh, gave a gentleman uh, a flyer. He called and he said, we have to save ourselves. (laughs) He's deceiving himself to think that he doesn't need a God. He doesn't need Jesus. See, a man may plan his road to the last detail, but he cannot implement his planning unless it coincides with God's plan for him. And it is true in every sense of the word, we can plan, uh, we can cross every T, we can dot every I, but God, he does the finality of all these things uh, that he desires, even if it goes against what you desire. And even when it goes against our plans, a man can and does devise his own way under the direction of his heart. You know, if the desire is evil, you know the outcome is going to be evil. But if the desire is good, that also will be good. But that is not all the truth about life, and this is also true. God directs our steps, and this is to say that no man can step outside the government of God. No man can devise a way that enables him to escape from God. Every step you take is before God and will be accounted for, and yet we are to be careful to seek after the word of God for our lives before we lose it. My wife and I, we were just talking about a gentleman a long time ago. This was way before we got saved, when we were... Uh, we, weren't, we weren't living for God, and I, I didn't even know the situation. This is uh, way before my time with meeting my wife. Um, but she had told me she had known someone that lived around her neighborhood, a parent. This guy's parents were serving God. He was raised in church uh, all his life, um, but he decided when he became an adult to go another direction. Um, and uh, a couple of years into his sin, uh, uh, they, found, they, they shot him broad daylight in front of his house next to his car. See, he wanted uh, a man to do his own thing. God was giving him direction through his parents, uh, being faithful in the things of God. Amen. But he said, Man, this is too boring. I gotta do something more exciting. And that took him to a path that was devastating uh, to his parents because they did everything that they could to raise him in the will of God, and yet he sought his own path. Can God direct your path? Child of God, I want you to ask yourself. Does your desire line up with what God desires for your life? Really ask yourself, is what I'm doing satisfying the eyes of God? This is true with both good and bad plans. The point is that the contrast between what we actually plan and what actually happens, God really determines that. Paul here later said, God is able to do abundantly more than we ask or think. And this is Ephesians 3.20. We want to build a strong church, and God is saying, your plans are good, but they're too small. Think about this. We want to say, you know what, we want to build a, a strong church. We want to do something for God. But God's saying, your thoughts are too small. I want to touch the nations. See, our plans are good. But they're too small sometimes. I want this to be a conference center. But some people want it to be a community church. I want to touch not, your, not, not only your city, but also the nations. But some people just want to touch around the corner. See, beloved, you will need the guidance of God to help you decide and execute those plans. And as rational agents, we think, consult, and we act freely. We are dependent agents and the Lord exercises his own power in permitting, overruling or furthering our actions and so man purposes but God disposes. I want to secondly speak about steps being directed. Steps being directed a path is a course of action or a track to follow to achieve a specified goal or end result. Amen. You ever, uh, I was just uh, telling uh, uh, one of the sisters, uh, I've been reading a book on the mind, uh, amen, uh, who switched off my brain. And it's a very good book. I would uh, advise you to get, I can get you the information from it. Uh, amen. And uh, what they're saying is that um, uh, the more and more you do stuff that becomes habitual, there's a track that you develop in your brain and your, your mind is always going the same direction because you've already built that pathway in your mind. And it's a wonderful thing when you can receive, a amen, in that clear direction through the word of God, right? You begin to form. You know, when we come to God, we come to God with all these different tracks of sin, don't we? We want to do things this way, do things that way. But it, and God says, you know what? I want to renew your mind. And what he's saying there, amen, is that the more and more you come into line with what God has for your life, you're developing new tracks. You're developing a great, a a new good habit to continue to do the will of God. And it's a wonderful thing when you can receive clear direction, clear instruction. But the problem lies when we refuse to follow that direction that was given. Ain't that true? We tell our kids or we tell someone that we love, no, you can't go that way. That's going to hurt you. And they say, I know better than you. You've never been my age. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here's Solomon He's advising his son to live a life of trust in God. And it is our nature to put our trust in something or someone, believe it or not, even if it's ourself. Solomon is telling us to consciously put our trust in the Lord, the covenant God of our fathers. The word trust, amen, in Hebrew means to lie helpless or face down. It pictures a servant waiting for the master's command and readiness to obey. Or a defeated soldier yielding himself to a conquering general. To follow direction is to be in submission to that voice or that direction that's pointed. You know the Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible gives us clear cut direction. To trust in God is to be unbottomed of yourself and of every creature and just so lean upon God because you know that if all, fails, if, if all fails, you're going to sink. If everything falls under, you're going to sink, but he won't and he never has allowed his people to falter. The Bible also says with all of your heart, if you trust in God, it's to be true. It must be complete, not just when things go good. Amen. We also must trust God when things are going bad. When things don't seem to line up. To put half trust in God and half trust in self or something else is really failure to trust in the Lord with all your heart. We should never endeavor to give God all of our conscious trust without giving him all of our heart. You know, why do people say, I don't think God can do it. Because they've never really yielded their whole hearts to God. Beloved, you know when people don't trust God because they don't do it on their own, because they can do it on their own. A man that stands with one foot on a rock and another foot upon quicksand is going to sink. And this aspect troubles some because they fear there is some part of their heart that is not truly trusting God, and we know we all go through this. We don't want to, how many know this is true? We struggle in this part of our area. We say, you know what, God, I trust you. But behind that speaking, uh, there's a little bit of doubt that says, God, I know I said I trust you, but I, I, see that, that I see how I can help them here. I see how I can help them there. And as opposed to just leaving them to God, how many know we try to play God secretly? Come on, somebody. If I say this word, If I make this phrase, I can call someone to call them to try to help them and speak the same words that I just spoke and that'll give them some type of confirmation. That's not God. We have to trust God that God's going to do what we cannot do. Amen. We may sympathize with this concern, knowing that as imperfect people, it is impossible for us to trust in the Lord perfectly. But in principle, we gather that Proverbs chapter 3 it does not describe an objectively perfect trust in God, but a heart and life that does not constantly reject or defy God with unbelief. In other words, beloved, we say, God, no matter what happens, I'm going to trust you. No matter what pain I go through, I'm going to trust you. No matter how the outcome may seem, I know your plans are good. I'm going to trust you. You know, with all your heart is to have a childlike, unwavering confidence in our Father's well-proven wisdom. Amen. Lean not on your own understanding. Uh, Trusting God with all your heart means to decide to put away our own understanding and instead to choose to trust God and his understanding, especially as declared in his word. It says lean not. You ever heard, you ever seen somebody uh, that was leaning on a crutch? Imagine they try to lean on the crutch that's broken. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Self-sufficiency and self-dependence have been the ruin of mankind ever since the fall of Adam. The grand sin of the human race is is their continual endeavor to live independently of God. How many people you know, you and I both know, that are trying to live independently of God and we know that if you just serve God, God can work with you where you're at. But you keep on struggling and it's become a habit to you so you don't see what's really going on. You're trusting in yourself, and I can see that if you just trust God, that'll work out for you. You and I both have people that we work with that come in with problems after problems, that they're the same problems over and over again. How many of we used to be those people? <laughs> but when we got saved, now our problem is the devil. We got to get rid of him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God that we don't have the same problems we used to have. When we get to the aspect of church... There are many people that think they can live a life of fullness without God. And that's impossible. Amen. And so to beat this spirit, this mindset, the word of God tells us in all ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. Trusting God with all of our heart means to honor and acknowledge him in everything that we do. Every decision that we make, every move, our feelings, our emotions, our fears, our worries, everything. Everything. It is the choice to invite God into our everyday life and conduct. Invite him in. It is to practice the presence of God in the regular and sometimes mundane things. You know, every time people say, that's not a big deal, that's a big deal. Because if you know it's not a big deal, you don't even have to mention it. And sometimes we make the smallest decision that can alter our lives in such a way we never thought possible. See, beloved, what you think to be of no importance can be that one thing that can detour your walk with God forever. God shall direct your path. Do you trust him in that? And this is the great principle of God's response toward those who trust in him. When we acknowledge him in our ways, he will direct your path in the fulfillment of his will into what is right before him and pleasing to us. You know, when you do the will of God, you're always satisfied. There's nothing lacking in your life as long as you stay on course with God. The moment you go off course and you know you're wrong, you're never in peace no matter what you do. No matter how much fun claim you, have, you claim you have, you know deep inside you're struggling. No one else can see, but you know. You have to go to bed with yourself. You have to look in the mirror, and you have to confront yourself, and you know that you're not right with God, and that bothers. As long as you stay in the path with God, it'll be pleasing to you, beloved. Did you hear what I said? As long as you stay in the path of God, You will always be satisfied. More than a few are afraid to have God direct their paths. You know why? Because you don't know what to expect. One thing I will say, trust with an expectancy. You have to trust with an expectancy, but there are many others uh, that they would much rather direct themselves. um, And this fundamentally is the heart that does not trust in the Lord with all their hearts. uh, the, The surrendered heart delights in God's direction and in God's paths. You know when I speak to my pastor... I don't make decisions on my own. So, you know, even when we did this project, I said, Pastor, you know what? what do you, I went to him. I said, Pastor, what do you think? This is the idea. Can you help me pray about this? Sir? And he said, I've already been praying and I've already been thinking about that, but I didn't want to say anything until you came to me. Because I said, God, if this is your plan for the church in Bridgeport, it'll come to my table and we'll know it's God. And so uh, when I came to my pastor, I said, Pastor, you know, this is what I'm thinking. We can sit more people. Uh, it, it, it'll kind of uh, boost uh, the confidence in the folks. They see that they're invested in something. He said, you know what, do it and watch how God will move. And I believe that God is setting a platform uh, because there's a thing called uh, wave in and wave out. Have anybody ever heard that before? Wave in and wave out. Let me tell you what happens when a church is beginning to grow. When the church begins to grow, what will happen is God will begin to bring in a wave of people. But when the wave subsides and it goes back out, though, the real ones are the only ones that stand. The real ones are the ones that will endure the hardships of life, and they will be the ones that will help build the foundation of the church, and this is what God is going to do. One of the most frequently asked questions amongst, uh, amongst Christians is how can I know the will of God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Solomon gave a wonderful answer when he said trust in the Lord with all your heart. You need, you need to decide to put your trust in God. Decide to not trust in your own understanding but give attention and priority to God's true word and also decide to acknowledge and honor God in everything that you do. That's how you know you're in the will of God. When we do those things, we can trust that God will direct our paths. We can go forward in peace, believing that through his word, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of your leadership, through godly common sense and through life circumstances, God will direct every path that he wants us to walk. That's why I pray, God, you know, block doors you don't want us to walk through and open doors you want us to go through. We will walk along our way in life and come to see that we have been on the path God intended all along if we just stay the course, even if it's not what you planned. There's been a, when we when we moved to uh Connecticut we had no idea uh, where, where, where we were uh, by the Hollow. We went by the, as soon as we came into Connecticut that's the first place we went into we went into the Hollow. And we were walking around and we were asking questions. We were like, you know what, uh, do you guys want a church here? they like, we have many churches here. That's what they were telling We have so many churches here. And I would have walked through it and said, God, where do you want us to go? And look where we are today. Because we didn't know where we were going, but God began to direct our paths and he, lead, he led us to where we need to be. I want to lastly speak about deciding to not live in fear, but in faith. You know, one of the main and if not very common truths is that people are afraid of the unknown. They tremble at the thought of losing what they forgot is God's anyway. And it takes faith to trust in the Lord. It takes faith to have hope for something or someone that seems hopeless. Amen. You know, there are many of us, amen, we've been praying for friends and family members for a long time. Beloved, will you decide to not live under the bondage of Satan and continue to not live in fear and just trust uh, that God's going to reach them? And this is the natural result of trusting God. As we trust him, we come to know him better. Leading to natural reverence and awe to fear the Lord as we trust him, we are drawn more to God and further from evil. You know, when you live in fear, what you're saying is, God, I doubt your word. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul saw the timidness that was in Timothy. Timothy knew the fear he sometimes felt. Beloved, this standstill, uh, stand uh, uh, amen, when you are in fear, what happens is it paralyzes you. When you're in fear, amen, you cannot walk the path that God wants you to walk because you're paralyzed not knowing what's going to happen come when you continue to move forward. You know, fear, fear is very real. Fear is so real, it can kill you. But God wanted Timothy to know that this fear wasn't from him. God has not given us a spirit of fear. The fear that is felt is from the enemy of your soul that's trying to stop you from fulfilling God's will in your life. And we all face some situations where we feel timid and afraid sometimes. Amen, even I go through it For some, speaking in front of others makes them fearful. Others are afraid of confrontation. Others are afraid of being made to look like a fool. Others are afraid of rejection. That's number one. We all deal with fear in some way or another. And so one of the first steps in dealing with such fears is to understand that they're not from God. That will give you victory. Victory, devil, get behind me. This isn't God making me feel like this. God hasn't given me this fear. But the Bible says of power, of love, and of a sound mind, beloved. When you need, you will need to understand that God has given us a spirit of power. I would just say this: when you walk into a grocery store, when you walk into your place of employment, when you're walking, uh, amen, just around your neighborhood. Understand you're walking with power. Remember that. When you walk into a room, they should feel the power of God. When you walk into a situation, they should feel the power of God. Because God has given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Beloved, you will need to understand this truth. God has given us this power when we do his work, proclaim his word, present his, represent his kingdom. We have all this power supporting us, and we are safe in his hands and safe with God. God has also allowed us to love with his love, because you and I both know we have boundaries. The moment somebody rejects us, the moment somebody hurts us, that's it, the love stops there. Come on, somebody, I know what I'm talking about. It stops right there. I'm not going to let you hurt me. But this power of love, many think of power in terms of how much we can control others. But Jesus' power is expressed in how much we can love and serve others. And this is what makes us children of God. He's also given us a sound mind. How many like to be at ease of the mind? I like to be at peace. I like to sit down on my coffee chair with my wife having my coffee and just thinking about nothing. Amen. <laughs> the ancient Greek word here had the idea of calm, self-controlled mind in contrast to the panic and confusion that rushes in when we are, fe- when we are in a fearful situation. This has been, uh, amen, uh, the, the cause of this, uh, or the after effect of, of this pandemic. People are living in panic and confusion. And they're living in fear. But God has not given us that. So why do we have a sound mind? Because he has not given us a spirit of fear. That's why. But of power and of love. And we don't need to accept what God has not given us. You don't have to accept that. Amen. You can say, that's not me. We need to renounce it, rebuke, and refuse to take something that the devil will use to destroy you. And we need to, uh, to humbly receive and walk in what he has given us. And that is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You need to understand that this morning, church, uh, that we are children of the living God. Paul wrote this to Timothy because boldness matters. What you stand for. You know, when we go into uh, the neighborhoods where no one else wants to go into. And uh, uh, especially when I'm on my lunch break at my job. Yeah, I know I work in the hollow. And so uh, when, I, when I take my lunch break, I walk around the neighborhood a little bit, and I walk around, and I see people. I look for people that look dangerous, right? <laughs> I look, and, I, and, and they see me walk in their direction. And my wife kind of is trying to help me. I got I to walk more like uh... She said, I still got that Harlem walk. <laughs> she said, you need to stop. Because people are going to think you're going to beat them up or something. <laughs> but you know what? It's boldness. It's boldness, and I'm not going to walk timid. Uh, but I'm walking, and I'm looking at them in the face. Uh, and the moment I smile, I'll be like, hey, brother, how you doing? They, they calm down. Because they see. But God doesn't, hasn't given us a spirit of fear. If we, if we had a spirit of fear, we wouldn't be in Bridgeport, that's for sure. Amen. Because Bridgeport is not a place for timid people. Hallelujah. But boldness does matter. Without it, we can't fulfill God's purpose for our lives. God's purpose for his people is more than making money, being entertained, and being comfortable. It is for each of us to use the gifts he gives us uh, to touch the rest of the world uh, that is lost and dying without him. You cannot have fear. You cannot be timid because it will keep us uh, from using these gifts that God has given us. And God wants us each to take his power, his love, his calm thinking, and overcome fear to be used of him with all the gifts he gives us. And when we decide to do that... We will come into all that God has for us, uh, and he will be able to direct our steps. Church, I want to make a very quick disclaimer as I close this morning. There are some people that know how to talk kindly rude. You ever hear those people? I've not, and I'm not trying to go against uh, any specific religion, but mostly with Catholics I have to deal with this. They're kindly rude. And there are some people uh, that claim to be Christians that are aggressively rude. We need to be aggressively loving. Amen. Without the spirit of fear, with confidence and boldness, winning the loss the same way Jesus won us. Amen. Amen. Can he direct your paths as he's building his church in this wonderful city this morning? Every head bowed to-